Hello and welcome back to the Twin Peaks podcast. My name is Dan. My name's Nicole. And this is a movie-based podcast where we talk about two films based on a theme. This week our theme is movies we picked with history and film podcast in the last episode. We narrowed our choices down to The Dish and The Seventh Seal. So we're going to be talking about those two movies. After that, we'll announce our theme for the next episode. And the final section is Stitch Up, where one of us has to watch a terrible movie. (laughs) And (laughs) this week, you lost. And you had to watch Cool Cat Saves the Kids. Before we get to all that, we talk about whatever we want. Since the last time we recorded, I've been kayaking. I went to a drag show. And apparently I became an auntie to my my brother and my sister-in-law. They, have, they got a puppy dog. They called me and they're like, oh, we've got this exciting news. And I was just like, what's going on? And then they like turned the camera to the ground and there's like this little cute little Kelpie just in their kitchen. I was like, you bastards. <laughs> so some a little new, new member of the family to look forward to when I get home. In what order did, did this happen? Was it? Do you went in kayaking that, first, in, and how did that go? Let's start. <laughs> let's start with that. Did you have to wear like the life jacket and the, the helmet? Yeah. Oh, not a helmet, just a life jacket. Did you have to do the upside down training? No, 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 no. <laughs> Kayaked for about four hours to two little islands off the off the seaside, and I saw a dolphin. Nice. And, yeah, and then I got home. I had a bit of a nap. Because that's what you do. Mm. And I woke up and my arms were like so, <laughs> so sore. Like, like jelly. I mean, oh, it was just like I had pins and needles in my arms. It was pretty horrible. But I was just like, this is good pain. Like, <laughs> yeah. just suck it up, Nicole. <laughs> and then the next day I went to a drag show with a couple of the people from work. So, yeah, that was good. And then I think it was that same day I got the call from my sister-in-law and then this cute little puppy dog that they adopted. She's like Kelpie slash something else. She's very... What's a Kelpie? What does that look like? It's like a... Rubbish with dog breeds. um, She's an Australian sheepdog. So she kind of looks like like a... Oh, it's probably bad to say a small German Shepherd. Why? Like it's offensive to dogs? No, no, no. No, <laughs> <laughs> no but I don't know if, if German Shepherd is the right, like the right description to call. Are you looking this up right now? <laughs> no, <might be. laughs> oh my is, God, it's one of them. Yeah. Like she's a, not. Like a, is she, would you say like a, like a um, German Shepherd? Like it's the same colours. But smaller. Yeah, it kind of looks a bit like a German Shepherd. Yeah. It's a smaller version. Uh, it's got longer, pointier ears. Mm. And it looks really, really fucking cute. And I'm very jealous. Yeah. we've Sheepdog capable of mustering and droving with little or no guidance. It's very true. We've got a Kelpie at home, Lexi. And whenever we have our sheep around... And they're like on her side where she where she is. She'll like literally stay and just stare at them. And Lucy, my um, my brother and my sister in law's dog, you know, she's only like eight weeks old, and she saw the sheep in the backyard, and she was just like staring at them through the window. This is amazing. It's a bit creepy. <laughs> like, Ooh. They're arrested for that if you're human. Yeah, but that's that's in their that's in their nature to like. 
round up sheep. I don't know if we've ever tried to get, if we got Lexi to ever do that to our sheep. You need to train them slightly. Well, you've got a sheepdog and you've got sheep and you've never tried to train a sheepdog to, no. to herd sheep. <laughs> we, we, use, we, we use three of us to try and put sheep in a, in a certain, like, area. Oh, mate, if stroke when I go to Australia, I've got to herd some sheep. That's on, that's on a bucket You'll list. fucking hate it, mate. You Why? <laughs> it sounds great. How have you been anyway? Uh, we've finally been allowed to put on some music at work. Oh, so we've yes. got, a, there's like a Bluetooth speaker and we're kind of taking it in turns to put some music on. I don't know, sometimes like it's fine, but sometimes there's such a, a mix of preferred music that it's just like... Like Ed Sheeran? No, no, just, well... I'll give you a, I'll give you an example. Oh, here we go. What the fuck is uh, this? What? You don't know? I've, you... I've never heard that in my entire life. <laughs> You've never heard that? You never heard the Cheeky Girls? No. That sounds 90s. Oh I was going to ask you about this because I, I'm aware of the Cheeky Girls. It, it, I suppose it is, it's late. It's is it late nineties? No, I suppose it's early two thousands, but it feels like a a relic of the nineties for sure. Mm. It's just a horrible song <laughs> that was released, and it's been put on more than once this week in the office. Oh, I, I think it was yeah. kind of by accident, and it was just like a rolling playlist, or whatever. But I just right. had a moment where it came on for the second time, and I was like, "How have I heard this song <laughs> twice in one week?" <laughs> I was just like, "What am?" A real like, what am I doing with my life type scenario? But then I started to <laughs> to think about. I find that song fucking annoying. But how how annoying must they have found it to have to sing it day after day for probably a couple of years? Oh yeah. <laughs> I thought you were talking about. I thought you were talking about your accounts team. I was like, what? What? They don't have oh. to fucking sing it. <laughs> no. They don't even have to play it. No, we don't have to play it. But we're going to play it anyway. Cheeky, cheeky. Oh, this is terrible. Cheeky, cheeky. <laughs> cheeky, cheeky. It's awful, isn't it? I mean, put a bit of um, put a bit of S Club Seven every so often, or a bit of Spice Girls. Reach for the stars. I remember when I, we used to work in the office together. Whenever I put music on, you used to be like, "Change it, change it." <laughs> I think there was one time Haim came on, there was some like remix of their song mm. and you and Demetri were like, change that song. I can, we cannot fucking hear this song. I was like, <laughs> why, why? Um, so every time I used to be like, you guys put your music on. I'm happy to, I just didn't want the pressure of putting music. <laughs> it is pressure. It is so much pressure. You're right. I put my playlist on after the first round of Cheeky Girls, and then they ended up hearing um, System of a Down. And I just, I was listening and I was like, is this too much for some people? It probably is, but I didn't care. It's like the payback for having to listen to Cheeky Cheeky. Cheeky. <laughs> I've been listening to Sing Street uh, soundtrack the last couple Have of you? weeks. Yeah. 
I've been the riddle um, of the model. Yeah. Oh, what's um, what's that track where it's like full prom? Oh, let's all wear the priest masks oh, and no, dance no, around because no, no, we're free one. now. No, the um, drive. What's it called? Oh my god, let me find it. Drive it like you stole it. Drive it like you stole it. Like you stole it. I was. I've been listening to that track over and over again. And I got like I've got some tracks from Begin Again. I've had that in my playlist for a while. John Carney's previous film. Yeah, right? it's his previous film. And yeah. then originally he created Once, which I was listening to Track Nerds. I think that it was like the best of last decade. And they're talking about Sing Street, and Rich was talking about Once, and because they use musicians, they don't. They didn't use actual actors, but like I've, I try to watch the first five minutes and they're just singing. I think you, you would like literally watch the first five minutes and be like, nah, I can't watch this. I need to push myself through <laughs> it did. though. Okay. Anything else? Shall we talk about films and TV shows? Yeah. So a little while ago, I ordered, a, and I'm not sure if I brought this up on the podcast, but I ordered a projector with the intention of beaming movies to a wall. And ever since then, it's kind of remained in its uh, packaging. Oh. Or, or like I got it out in the main packaging, but I just put it in its little uh, carry case. I don't know why I'm talking about the intricacies of the <laughs> carry case the I might start talking about how the various scraps and how efficiently... How efficiently? When's you going to use it, it like as an outdoor cinema? That's right. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. That's that is what we were going to use it for. Initially, the plan was to to drape a white bed sheet over the washing line and beam it to that. Long story short, I ordered a proper projector screen, and it arrived. And I thought it was it was ended up being much much bigger than <laughs> i thought it was gonna be it was enormous was it like a I proper outdoor cinema one like five yeah. meters by like <laughs> no, no it wasn't minutes. that big oh, okay. it, but it took up the entire front facing elevation of the ground floor in sarah's house Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I, I built it we built it we built it in a spare room and then we dragged it out to the to the living room, and it took up the entire window space. But it looked it looked pretty good, and it sounded all right. So it was kind of Same. worth the wait. And we're kind of planning a like mini film festival for Halloween. Oh, great! Like, just the two of us. We like we're gonna we we planned a load of films to watch. Well, mostly Sarah's planned because she knows more about yeah films than I yeah. do. So I, I submit to her knowledge. So we're gonna use that as one of our screens. I'm excited for that. But the first film that we watched on it was The Green Knight. Oh, great. Which has come out on Amazon. Yeah. Randomly. Amazon in the UK. I don't think it's... Is it to rent or is it like... No, to my surprise, I went on about a week and a half ago and it was just there. I, we've been awaiting the UK cinematic release. Right. And it's been delayed because I think it was meant to come out in like July time mm-hmm. and we were excited to see it, but it got pushed. And then randomly it just dropped on Amazon. It was like, what the fuck? Mm. so we ended up saving it until we could beam it on a projector worth watching it on a bigger screen for sure actually like it was a weird movie because i really really liked it but i couldn't really figure out why why i liked it i just enjoyed the experience of it Mm. as it sort of washed over me on this big screen as i sat under the projector beaming atop my head yeah and it was a, a good experience 
but I didn't know why why I liked it. And so I've like watched some YouTube videos and stuff, which has given me a, a new perspective. So I want to go back and revisit it. But I just enjoyed mostly the experience of watching it. I would definitely recommend it. Do you have um, decent speakers as well? They were okay. They weren't the best. It was just the built-in mm. speakers in the projector itself. It was all right. It was better than I was right. expecting. But uh, I can beam them maybe through a Bluetooth speaker. Uh, but yeah. maybe uh, maybe after our our witch themed Halloween movie film festival episode, I'll be able to talk you through the intricacies of of, of <laughs> home film screening setups and yeah. such like. I've, I've always thought of, I've thought about like because I want to either get a travel van or get mm. like a four wheel drive and you build a tent on top of the on top of the car and either traveling around Australia or if when I come back to the UK and I, instead of getting accommodation, I have, I build my own van and live in it. I was thinking I should travel. And then that's what I do for movies every like couple of days. I just bring out the projector and just watch it remotely. And you can get like a, like a little Jenny, like a battery Jenny to um, power it. That sounds great. Well, yeah. look, if you if you do come over to the UK and I'm not working, let's let's just go on a tour and beam movies. Yeah, do, do a tour of the yeah. UK <laughs> and beam movies to people's side of people's houses when they're sleeping. That'd be cool. <laughs> That'd be really cool. Yeah. Beam St. Maud up against... Or like on some church. Some... <laughs> on a church. Yeah, that sounds That'd like more brilliant. fun. Yeah. <laughs> I've been watching, I watched season three of Sex Education. Oh. You haven't been really interested in watching this series, I believe. Mm, yeah, it's not something that I've seen. I, I believe Sarah's, mm. Sarah's watched it. Is this the one with Asa Butterfield and it's like a anachronistic, like set in a school and lots of different characters and maybe Gillian Anderson's a sex therapist, what writes her book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe it's about and, the intricate relationships between the students. Yeah, and about them not having the right sex education or like not knowing what to do. And sometimes they've gone to him to to figure out what the what different things they could do. Um, so this season, there's a new um, headmaster, and she's really strict. Um, because the previous season there was a play that was based on sex and aliens and got a bit of a bad publicity for the school. So they're trying to revamp sex and aliens. The... <laughs> Talking about sex and with aliens. I forgot what the character's name is. Sex so with like, aliens. You should watch it. Watch it. Give it a go. <laughs> I'm definitely more interested now than I was before. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I've not heard that. <laughs> Sarah didn't mention yeah. the sex with aliens bit. Watch, I feel like watch season one. I think the last episode, and then all, and then the last few episodes of season two, when you see all this, the alien stuff. There's a bit more alien sex. Oh, not alien <laughs> sex stuff. But one of the characters. <laughs> she's really interested. She's really interested in in aliens and. She she's created um, kind of like uh, books, like animation books, 
Jazz mags. Based on, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, it's good. I I didn't mind the third season. I think, I feel like they ended it to potentially make a fourth season. But we'll see. We'll see if enough people enjoyed this this season that's currently out. And then something else I watched TV-wise was Work in Progress Season 2. I think came out this year. So the character in this TV show, her name's Abby, and the actor's name, I think she, her, her name is Abby, I think it's McEaney. I'm probably saying her last name incorrectly. Oh, we so always put shit in show, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> so she created this show, and I think it's it may be roughly about her life and it's about her mental health and about her identity. It's really good I would recommend. I don't know if it's your – you might enjoy it. it they're half-an-hour episodes, so they're really quick and easy. Mm. Well, I have have actually watched a TV show uh, for Ooh. the first time in ages, and I don't know, I fancied something a bit sci-fi and a bit funny, so I watched The Orville, which I kind mm. of didn't really have any interest in at all, but it's like a kind of space – think star trek but jokes okay it's on disney plus here in the uk and i was kind of a bit skeptical because i'm not a huge fan of family guy but it's the same person that created family guy seth mcfarlane and he plays the captain of the orville but it's really really good i really really liked it and i'm so glad that i was able to binge two seasons of it in one go I thought it was oh, wow. it was really it really made me laugh. There was a, the jokes were really good. It got kind of more serious as the t- as as time went on, uh, but they also did that stuff well, like the, the, the mm. uh, alien councils and hearings and standing around with people in makeup talking about people's freedoms and and that sort of thing and and squeezing in a lot of social discussions that are relevant in in our own societies mm. and. It did really well to balance real world issues with comedy, and I was it took yeah. me a little bit by surprise, if I'm being honest, because I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was. Um, so it's an animation, is that right? No, it's a live action show. It's um, oh, okay. It's it's basically Star Trek, but just a bit funnier, well, okay. much funnier. Cause Star Trek isn't that funny. <laughs> Uh, there can be some wise cracks in the in the Kelvin timeline. Um, and then I started watching a bit of Star Trek Voyager because I've never seen Voyager before, and I don't know. It just I enjoyed the space stuff so much in the Orville. I was like, I want to carry on watching space shit. So I started mm-hmm. watching Voyager, and yeah, space shit. I randomly went to the cinema on Friday night. I got home from work, and I was just like. I might be going back to Melbourne and I won't be able to go to the cinema for a little while. Mm. So I went to see what was on and it was like, there was Free Guy and I was like, I've seen that. And then they had the Jungle Cruise and I was like, oh, I feel like that's already on Disney Plus potentially. And then Joe Bell came out. I was like, oh, what's this about? And I briefly watched the trailer. So it's based on a true story about this guy who lives in the States, his son, Jaden Bell, was bullied because he was gay. He died by death by suicide. 
And then he, so he, Joe Bell decides to walk across America to talk about bullying to anyone that would want to listen to him. The story is quite interesting, but the movie was a little bit dull. Yeah. And if, if it wasn't for a true story, it, like I felt really, it was really heartbreaking. And after I left the cinema, I was like, oh my God. But if it wasn't a true story and if it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't based on that topic, I don't think I would have been as drawn into it. And I probably wouldn't recommend watching it. Should we move on to section two? Yeah. Let's talk about our history in film films. Uh, the Dish and the Seventh Seal. But before that, we take it in turns to do a little quiz. And because <laughs> you got nominated to do the quiz. Oh, I episode. nominated myself to do the quiz, yeah. I had, an, I had an idea, so. Please, let me know. I Put me out of my misery. <laughs> I'm in suspense so... here. And if you don't. Put me out of my suspense soon. I'm I'm just gonna keep playing cheeky girls. <laughs> oh, don't play cheeky girls. Play that other other track that you keep on playing on your soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, play that. Um. So when we so we recorded both history and film, and they also recorded for their episode, and one of the questions that the gents had for us is what we learned at school regarding history. And there was mm. a couple of topics that I forgot to mention to them that I'd learned. So I thought I'd do a bit of a quiz about Australian slash Maltese history. And it's a total of five questions, multiple choice. And we'll just, and then I've got like a, a little question, just like a random question at the end for you. Question number one. Who was the first to discover Australia? Was it the British, the Dutch, or the Germans? Obviously, it was the British. <laughs> that is incorrect, Dan. Uh. The Dutch were the first to discover Australia, mate. Uh, William Jan Zhu, who was he was a Dutch explorer. He um he first discovered Australia in sixteen oh six. So incorrect on that question. <laughs> question number two. What was the Eureka Stockade? Was it the rebellion in which people digging for gold sought various of reform, including abolishing the mining license? Was it when the British took the Indigenous children from their families? Was it when everyone stocked up on corn in the nineteen in the eighteen hundreds? The Eureka Stockade. Yeah. I don't know the 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 corn one. <laughs> that was my joke one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, it was um the rebellion. Is it, it was part of the the gold rush in Ballarat and in Bendigo. In Ballarat, I completely forgot to in Ballarat. What happened? I forgot to mention it to. Well, a lot of people came to uh, Australia for the gold rush. The so Americans and the Brit, or well, Brits were already here, and then Asian colonies came over, and because there was, they were just searching for gold without having a license they uh, the government decided to put like a tax on it so it 
it probably costed you more money to search for gold rather right. than um, paying. The, and then if you didn't have this license, then you would get a fine. And then they upped it and then someone died and then there was this massive riot and stuff. Anyway, something I learned in, in high school. Question number three. I've got confidence you'll get this question. Oh, I'm glad you have. Australians celebrate Anzac Day on the 25th of April. What is the significance of this day? Is it the day that Aussies and New Zealanders arrived in Gallipoli? Is it the day that Darwin was bombed in World War Two, Or is it the day that James Cook arrived in Australia? Um... Is it the Gallipoli one? Yeah, correct. Okay. The Great Siege of Malta was when the Ottoman Empire attempted to conquer the island of Malta. In what year did this occur? Was it 1455? Was it 1565? Or was it 1775? Don't be looking this up, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ye of little faith. I'm going to say 1455. It's a complete guess. Incorrect. Ugh. It was 1565. So the um, Great Siege lasted for four months between the 18th of May and then September 11th. I thought 2021. That's clearly not right. Yeah. 1565. That would be more than a few months for sure. No, it'd be a few centuries. The last question. On April 9th, 1942, the German, two German bombs fell into a church in Malta, but neither of them detonated. What was the name of the church? So was it Il Knesia da Cavalieri? Was it Il Moster Dome? Or is it the Church Tapino? Well, first, I would just like to congratulate you on your... <laughs> Fabulous pronunciation. Um, I do have to go to Maltese school for 12 years, but anyway. Yeah, and it shows, and you're, you're reaping the benefits now. Yeah. <laughs> B? <laughs> correct. Yeah, Master Dome <laughs> is the correct answer. Yeah. You learned that back in the day when you went to school. There was a lot of war stuff in my... In, in my history mm. lessons, yeah. But I feel like that's really all I learned. Maybe that's all they know. Like, how did we build a chair? Who <laughs> who looked at a rock and thought, I can make that better? That's what I want to know. I want to I wanna hear that story. <laughs> Where would you even get the inspiration? Because you just sit on the floor up until that point and you're like, oh, I might be slightly more comfortable if I'm a little bit elevated and I can dangle my legs down over a... Mm commonly wooden objects chair making um what's this bonus question oh yeah this bonus question which you there's no wrong answer because it's your own it's your own opinion don't patronize so is there a a moment in history that you remember so mine is 9-11 that i remember and interesting we recorded with history and film on nine. Well, it was nine eleven for you guys, but it mm. was the twelfth for the 12th me. Twelfth for you, yeah, yeah. And I remember that day like it was yesterday. It was like having to go to school, and I was like all over, 
all over the radio at school and coming home and and then just feeling really frightened that was like it was the first time that I've like witnessed kind of like a war like beginning of like some sort of extreme terrorist attack yeah I know what you mean I remember I mean I remember that too Uh, Mm. what was I doing I was working I worked at a a place where they would have the local radio on and local radio were on just on constant loop of what was going on with the terrorist attacks and yeah I remember that very vividly as well and I suppose that would be my answer too Princess Diana remember that very vividly as well I I remember that too yeah I was at the I was at an airport I think we were flying back to Malta and I think it was we had to go via the UK and all of the um airports were closed I don't know if I mentioned this when we spoke to history and film um but yeah I remember that day really really well yeah I watched the race where Senna died, Formula One driver. Oh, yeah. You know, we covered that documentary yeah. back in the day now when we Last did that doco, doco yeah. double bill. What else is there? What other bits of history have happened since we've been alive? Besides the cur- current situation. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I guess bushfires here in Australia would be another thing. Yeah. Like the current ones that um, – that, well, not the current ones, the ones that happened – in 2019 to 2020, which is the TV show that I worked on was based, was kind of roughly based on that. Yeah. I remember being overseas and hearing about it. So I I hadn't been physically in Australia when it happened, but there had been bushfires before when I was younger and pretty devastating as well as drought. We had a massive drought a few years, Oh, we're still in drought in certain places of Australia, but that was it. That's my intro for history and film. So The Dish came out in 2000. It's 101 minutes long. It was directed by Rob Stitch. The tagline on Letterbox reads, Man's first step on the moon nearly stumbled on Earth. And the synopsis reads, A group of maverick scientists on a remote Australian sheep farm on the globe's only hope for obtaining the epic images of man's first steps on the moon. It stars Sam Neill as Cliff Buxton, Patrick Warburton as Al Burnett, Kevin Harrington as Ross, and Tom Long as Glenn. This film is about the big dish in Australia. Where is this yeah. dish? Uh, in uh, parks in New South Wales. Oh, right. I thought it was in South Australia, but it would. it's in... Uh, New South Wales. Which New, New South Wales, of course, is in North, North Australia. No, it's in, <laughs> it's, it, <laughs> it's, it's near, near, uh, the city of New South Wales is Sydney. Uh, of, co- so. of, of course, it's in the southern, the southern, the southern, the southern part, of course. <laughs> like middle, mid east. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's towards the upper, <laughs> upper Upper southern, middle eastern area, <laughs> which is exactly what I was trying to say in the point I was I was trying to make. So we agree. Have you been to this yeah. dish? Because Australia is a very small country, and you, you you've done everything that's, is, that's available. I haven't been to the dish. No, mm. this, after watching this movie, I feel like it'd be um, a cool place to visit. I'd go to the dish if I had direct access. So this film, the like the 
the town that they shot in wasn't actually in parks because apparently parks had uh, been a little bit more modernized mm. compared to so they decided to record the town scenes in Forbes, which is apparently close by, but it, it looks like very country Australia. Yeah. What did you think of this film? I'm intrigued. Um, I thought it was okay. It was very safe. Like I wasn't, I guess I wasn't expecting like a shocking comedy or whatever, but with mm. some of the jokes and stuff that were in it, I was, it was more like, Smirky laughy, smirky comedy. Oh, I actually laughed a lot in this film compared to the last time I watched it. Because I was, the last time I watched it, I think I must have missed the first half of it. Mm. And near the end, it's it's a little bit more serious. And then I watched it this time for the podcast and I, I enjoyed it a lot more mm. and was laughing at the kind of Australian jokes and they they lost coverage of of the moon and this I forgot who I think it was the American governor no it wasn't here some some American had come to check out the dish and then he's like oh can you like hear them talking and then one of the guys just like peers behind the back and just pretends to be like Neil Armstrong mm. and he really believed it was him I thought it was a bit a bit of fun funny i don't know if that's true that's no that part of the story sadly is is not true because one of the <laughs> the guys in the film had forgotten to prime the pipes of the generator and then cliff lied to nasa that's that was the bit that i enjoyed when he lied to nasa i, I would say i had a good old laugh at that mm. And Sam Neill is always good in stuff. I always enjoy watching Sam Neill. And actually, at the start of the film, he appears as an older version of that character. And that's some of the yeah. the, the, the better oldie person uh, human makeup that I've seen in a film made in the early 2000s. thought it looked all yeah, right, actually. Agreed. I don't know if it had to start with, you know, him visiting. Yeah. Like, as an older version of him. I agree. I that was... A- a little bit lost. I think they could have just gone into the story and then if they wanted to end it with him, you know, visiting later on, then that's fine. It didn't add anything, did it? No, not at all. No. And also that, like, romance between the the lady who um, comes and drops mm. their lunches off every day and they're like, oh, you know, you're going to ask that girl out. I feel like that wasn't really needed for this film. But I something that I kind of liked was when the kids, so obviously moon landing was a massive thing back in the, six, we're going to say 60s? 69, wasn't yeah. it? Was it 69? Late, late 60s. Um, <laughs> and I love how, the, <laughs> sorry guys. Um, and I love that the kids, when they were like talking about the moon, that they would like cover like an an Australian football in foil. Like, you know, everyone would use probably a basketball because it's probably the right shape for it to be. But for this film, they use like Australian footballs and like, yeah, this is what's going to happen. And, you know, the, the uh, space, uh, <laughs> the spaceship is going to arrive and blah, blah, blah. I found that really sweet. A nice Aussie touch to the film. It wasn't as good as the Jason Isaac explanation in Armageddon, though. When you're, you're talking about slingshotting around the moon. 
they played cricket on the dish. Uh, this is not true. Which is not true. Mm. As we said earlier, the, the screwing up the signal also wasn't true. It was a really windy day of the day of the coverage, though. Yes. So that that part was true. And the great thing was that all the, apparently, as they say, um, that all the footage of the moon landing was came from parks, which mm. I never knew until watching this film. And I wonder why we never learnt that when we talked about space back in high school. It feels like that would be the first thing that I'd bring up if I were a history teacher mm. in Australia. In Australia as well. Yeah, and they actually had the, the real footage as well, which was really interesting to see. And I really did enjoy the kind of flying by the seat of your pants portrayal of it. I know some of these things didn't happen and they very much took artistic artistic license and changed a lot of stuff, but it, I did in kind of enjoy that stuff. Uh, and Actually, another scene that I enjoyed was when the ambassador came over and they had that little celebration reception-y type dance. And uh, they said to the band, oh, yeah. you need to learn the, oh, yeah, the yeah, national yeah. anthem. <laughs> and they end up playing the theme to Hawaii Five-0. Oh, that was brilliant. Yeah, actually, I, that, I thought that was hilarious. That's the part I enjoyed the most, I think. <laughs> but that was quite early on in the film. It never quite peaked to that to mm. that level again after me, for me after that moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But they did say the phrase shit's house and drongo, and I enjoyed those parts. Maybe, I, did I really like this film? Yeah. Maybe I really love this film. I don't know. I'm starting to convince myself. You know, when you start talking about a film, you're like, oh, I didn't love it. But then you start talking about it, like, oh, maybe I, maybe I did. Yeah, oh, this is actually yeah. not done that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, so the dish, yeah, it was okay. I kind of, I kind of enjoyed it. I don't know if I'll watch it again. But if it came on the telly one day and I, I'd lost the batteries to re my remote control and I couldn't be bothered to yeah. replace the batteries in said remote control and it was on the telly, I wouldn't hate my life if it was on 6 out of 10. That's not bad. I Originally, I think I had 2.5 on Letterbox, and I bumped it up to about a, a 3 and a half stars so i guess it would be a seven out of ten a seven okay yeah, for an aussie film yeah Alrighty. should we move on to the seventh seal the seventh seal came out in 1957 it's 96 minutes long it was directed by ingmar bergman the synopsis reads when disillusioned swedish knight antonius block returns home from the crusades to find his country in the grips of the black death he challenges death to a chess match for his life Tormented by the belief that God does not exist, Block sets off on a journey, meeting up with travelling players Joff and his wife, Mia. After becoming and becoming determined to evade death long enough to commit one redemptive act while he still lives. All I could think of when I saw the poster for this movie and we chose to watch it, poster is Max von Sydow with death in the background and all I could think of is death from Bill and Ted's bogus journey. And all I've been able to think of this entire time is the death rap. Interesting. Uh, you might be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later you dance with the Reaper. <laughs> um, I can't say I've, I know that movie. Oh, I know of the movie, but I haven't seen it. Oh, that needs to go on the list. Yeah. Um, so it was really interesting to see where that influence had come from 
it's a bit of a silly movie, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. A bit of a silly mm. understatement of the year. But uh, it's a really silly movie. But it's interesting to see where these kind of uh, versions of the Grim Reaper have appeared in pop culture and 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 then being influenced by this movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't know much about this movie at all. I didn't really know what to expect. And I didn't I really... Much uh, much like The Green Knight, as I was talking about earlier, um, I didn't understand it and I didn't enjoy it nearly as much as I was hoping to, which mm. saddens me because it's one of those movies that is kind of in the pantheon of movies that people consider classics. And I, I just, I sat, I, I'm sad when that happens because I want to enjoy movies. And it's, it's great when I watch a movie like Casablanca, that's also considered a classic and I really, really like it. But yeah. also the, the reverse is also true. When I watch a movie like this, I'm like, I, I don't, I wasn't quite on board with it. Obviously it's about death and the impending death that will come to all of us. But 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 never mind because you, you've got sweet little songs that happen every now and again. <laughs> and I think it was those songs or that particular song went on for about four minutes, and I think that's where I kind of switched off. Um, right. Some interesting stuff going on. I, I, I kind of appreciated the ringing bell that I kept hearing. It made me think of the sweet relief death would bring. It would mean that I couldn't watch this movie anymore. Um, no it wasn't that bad I mean aside from the obvious about it being about death and our relationship with that what else was it about Is it, have I missed something or, or like what did you get it, from this movie what, how was your experience I was also really because I watched it late last night and I'd wish I wish that I so I watched this on Criterion and they have the full movie without commentary and then they've got also commentary. If I had more time, I would have watched the commentary um, track. Which was So I listened to a History and Films uh, episode on The Seventh Seal. He was saying that potentially it was based in the mid-1300s, which was a bit late for the crusade. And he was saying that maybe potentially that this film is a bit of, it's not fully correct. So that would be one thing as well as the, the artist, you see an artist doing some painting in the film, which apparently is based on Alberto's picture. He was, he was a famous Swedish artist in the 1500s. So different timeline as well. And it's, yeah, it's just about this, this night that has finally came back from the crusades and there's the black, plague around so obviously everyone is dying and death is around and there's some really quirky characters like the guy juggling with his wife and when I was listening to the commentary about that they were saying that because there's a little bit of religious aspects in this film Mm. they considered those as like maybe Joseph and Mary and the baby's like maybe Jesus I don't know yeah old uh, JC Oh, JC. <laughs> Get um, some sandals for that baby. Cinematically, it's a real beautiful film. And I feel like the score that I'm currently going to give it is going to be a lot less than what I will give it the next after the next two times that I'll watch it. I want to watch the full commentary track mm. 
uh, first and then watch it again without the commentary. I felt like while I was watching it that there was a lot more to it that I was missing. I, I will say mm. that. Yeah, same. But Bergman had a really religious upbringing, apparently. So it was right, also interesting to see his kind of take on that. Yeah. There's, so there's that um, that woman that they're about to burn at the stake. Yeah, that was pretty dark. Yeah, so she thinks she was a witch and so hence why they were going to burn yeah. her. Or that she's seen the devil and the night asks her. She was her, meant like, to be possessed, oh, I you, think, yeah. Yeah, and he asked her, oh, have, have you seen the devil? Can you, like, I want to ask him a question about um, what happens after, you know, we die. And she's like, oh, look into my eyes kind of thing. And he hadn't seen anything. But, yeah, yeah. it was interesting. It was, uh, yes, and I'm really glad that I've seen it. I didn't love the entire experience of watching this movie. Um, I probably won't revisit it again. It's probably going to be sacrilege, but I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. Because I just didn't oh, enjoy wow. it. I didn't enjoy the experience that much. And I wanted it to be over. I, I'm i going to give this a six and a half, but I know that my score will change the next time I watch the commentary. Yeah. Because I will talk about people doing commentary on films in the next part <laughs> of Stitch Up. All right. <sighs> anyway. All right. So we so watched... But we watched the movies, we watched The Dish and we watched The Seventh Seal. And once again, thank you very much to Rich and Logan at History and Films for helping us choose those movies in the last episode. We've got to announce what we're doing for the next episode. So we're doing it again. We've got some more guests coming on. The lovely folk from Radio Gore Press are joining us to help us choose some movies and a theme. Yeah. The final section is Stitch Up where one of us has to watch a terrible movie and the good listeners on Instagram last time voted for you to watch Cool Cat Saves the Kids. And uh, yes. how did that go for you? What was, How was the journey to consuming said content? Well, I looked it up and I was like, oh, you know, is it on a streaming service? No. And then I was like, oh, maybe it is. You know, sometimes you type it into YouTube and, and it comes up and it didn't come up and I was almost going to be like, oh, maybe I'll watch Apollo 18 because <laughs> Logan had mentioned it for like a potential stitch up. Watch a trailer for it. I was like, oh, just, mm. I think I would rather watch Cool Cat Save the Kids even though it looks absolutely ridiculous. Mm. Anyway, you gave me, you sent me a commentary version of Cool Cat Save the Kids. <laughs> it's all like oh. yeah. So Cool Cat Save the Kids, directed by Derek Savage. It is 75 minutes long, so nice and short and sweet. And the tagline is an anti-bullying kids gun safety movie, which is pretty much what this film is That's, that's good. About. Yeah. It's good, a good, good message. Good positive film. Good message. Agreed. So, and the synopsis, Cool Cat is the coolest cat in town. All <laughs> no, the you've kids lost me. <laughs> love him. <laughs> All the kids love him. Except for Bully Butch, who hates <laughs> Cool Cat for his coolness. Now you've just won me over again. <laughs> he terrorises Cool Cat, his friends and family with threats, taunting and the internet. Can Cool Cat face his fear and defeat the bully, Derek? <laughs> it stars, and, and also directed by director Savage, he plays Daddy Derek and... 
Jason Johnson plays Cool Cat. I know it is a bit weird. I don't think you'll know any of the the actors in this film. So it's pretty much it. It's about this cat. I guess Cool Cat would be probably maybe eight to eleven, like that kind of. So he's a he's a young really? character. The whoever's playing him obviously is an adult. He's in a massive cat suit. And the funny thing about this cat suit, right? So his dad is a human, but his mum is a cat. cat, obviously. So they use like a, a cat. <laughs> they use the same cat suit, and they just put a bunch of like red lips on it. Oh, they didn't use an actual cat for his mum. That's no, the direction no, no. I would have gone. I would have so had him talking to an actual they, cat, be like, "Oh, all right, mum. <laughs> I've got some problems with kids." And it's funny when they were both in the same room, they got like a really bad cutout of like cool cat's head and just like snipped it in into the corner. Like you can totally tell it's been like photoshopped into the into the scene. Yeah. Anyway, if there was no commentary, I thought I would have done like a, a video commentary of this film and it would have been absolutely hilarious and you guys would have really enjoyed it. But some guy reviewed this film and really put me off this film. Like he was like so fucking annoying. I don't even know the guy's name because when he introduced himself, it was really muffled. Like compared to commentary on The Seventh Seal, which was, you know, for the parts that I had watched with the commentary was really well done compared to this film. Yeah, but we're we're talking about a a bloke in a dirty white vest doing a commentary on YouTube versus Uh, uh, film scholars commenting about the same (laughs) seal. It's not not the same. (laughs) I guess this film is based... It's it's, based on a true story. It's based on a true story. Well, you know, people get bullied, so it is based on that kind of... Uh, true events but I think it's more targeted to a like a younger audience like kids Mm. in high school like you know you shouldn't bully or you shouldn't you know you shouldn't text people or email people you know horrible things and agreed it's not okay to do that and right at the end of the video it's got the whole cast of cool cats and they're like don't be a bully and they literally every person literally says that like they make a little comment and they're like, stop being a bully. And it's a bit like, a bit too cheesy, yeah. I have to say. It sounds it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this film is so cheesy. Yeah. But it was it was fun. I actually, yeah, if there was no commentary, I think I would have enjoyed this a little bit more. And it's just very, very kiddie. It's like watching Barney the Dinosaur when you're an adult, I feel like. You would be like, oh. Yeah. This used to be good when I was younger, not so much when I'm older. Have you seen Barney the Dinosaur, the movie? Yeah, I used to watch it when I was little. Oh, not the movie. And apparently one of you guys had it on Stitch Up. Well, there are there are more Cool Cats movies, I believe. There are. There are plenty more. Yeah. Don't just got to find the ones that are available without, without, <laughs> without an idiot in a vest. Uh, like near the end, so Butch the bully, he obviously is texting people Butch. and saying horrible things and really hates Cool Cat. And they find a gun randomly in the bush, like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? I don't know, Cool Cat, should we should we take the gun? No, we shouldn't take the gun. We should go tell an adult and then they and then get the adult to do something about it. 
okay, let's do that. And then they walk away and the butcher's like, he finds a gun. He's like, yeah, cool. I'm going to use this gun to bully everyone to give them like their lunch <laughs> money and stuff. Does Butch shoot someone? No, he doesn't oh, shoot he's... anyone, but he thre- I guess oh, good. he's trying to threaten some kids. With a, with and, a gun. And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's horrible because, yeah, like, dark, the US and, and gun and gun control. Yeah, it's a very sensitive area, shall we say. Mm, yeah. At the end of the movie, they talk about, you know, what's the bad things about bullying and what you shouldn't do and how to, you know, if someone bullies you, you know, what to do. Would you say <laughs> it was a successful anti-bullying campaign movie? For younger kids, yeah, absolutely, in a way. Would you? Would it be I, one of those things very, if you'd watched it in school that you'd look back on now and, uh, and talk to your mates? And be like, oh, do you remember when we had to watch Cool Cat at school? Wasn't that great? And you, you would, but you'll be like, how ridiculous was it? Because it's super yeah. cheesy. It's just like it's kind of basic. Like everyone should know, you know, you shouldn't pick on people and you shouldn't do all that type of stuff. Mm. But people still do it. If there wasn't commentary, I'd probably give it like a two and a half. But because of the commentary it goes down to, like, a one. Like, it's just really annoying. Yeah. Like, I was so annoying. Good, a success for me then. We need to find out who lost the next poll for the next Stitch Up review. And because, Nicole, you are the person what puts on the polls on Instagram, you need to tell me who lost the poll between William and Kate, for me, versus Nine Lives for you. So how did the poll go? Because you put the poll on Instagram and obviously people voted. (laughs) What do you mean you didn't put the poll on? I got really, well, I was going to, and then I was like late last night. I'm like, is it really worth putting a poll on for like five hours? So I guess we'll just do a spin the wheel. Uh, Are you going to go red or green? I've got to pick a color. I'm going to go yeah. red. Red. All right, here so, we go. So red for Nine Lives versus green for William and Kate. Yeah. All right. Spin that wheel, wheel, wheel spinner. Did you say red or green? I said red. And it, <laughs> red. It's red. Yes. Oh, thank God. What do you mean, thank God? I said red. So you have to watch it. No. I said <laughs> red for nine lives versus green for William and Kate. No, it's if it lands on you, that means What are you talking lose. about? I, you said, what colour do you want? And I said red. So what? So I'm picking for me to lose? Yeah, isn't that how we do it? No, and I even confirmed it. <laughs> Shall we do it again? No. Usually it's like whoever's name it is, they have to watch the sit-up film. But that's not what we did. You said pick a colour and I said, okay, (laughs) red for Nine Lives and green for William and Kate. And you went, yep, and it landed on red. So you're watching Nine Lives. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) What sit-up film do you have for me coming up? So because the movies stay on the list... Until they get chosen. I've got to replace Nine Lives for you. And I'm choosing a movie what is called The Cat from Outer Space. (laughs) (laughs) 
so we've done it we've done another episode then we covered two movies what our powers at history and film podcast helps us choose the seventh seal and the dish next week tune in to us picking some movies with radio gore press but if you want to vote for nicole to watch the cat from outer space on instagram add us at twin picks pod look out for our stories if you want to catch up with us on twitter you can do also at twin picks pod email a show at twin picks pod at gmail.com if you want to buy us a coffee uh, help support the show you can do it ko-fi.com slash twin picks podcast where can we find you buddy you can find me on instagram at chikanika or nika creative and you can find history and film at history and film on instagram as well i think they're on twitter as well at history yeah and film. go and check out their show Um, So thanks very much for listening and we'll catch up with you next time. Bye.